All praises to the Most High Yahuwah and His Son, Yeshua the HaMashiach. And for those who are unfamiliar with that, what I just said, Yahuwah is God the Father, Yahusha HaMashiach is Jesus the Messiah. To the Hebrews and the other nations who are listening, we thank you for listening to us. Whether you've been listening to us for a long time or you're a new listener, I would like to say shalom and welcome to the Science of the Covenant podcast. This is the podcast where we will study the Bible, the biblical covenant, and its deeper meanings. So do you have your Bibles ready? Yes, I'm going to ask you that just about every week. So are you ready to study the covenant some more? Now I'm going to turn it over to the pastor. Okay. Thank you very much. What we want to look at, uh, we're going to kind of lay a foundation here, even though it's still dealing with the Adamic covenant, but what we want to do in this particular discourse is to look at the covenant uh, from a different angle, and we'll get back to the Adamic covenant because that is one of the most important covenants in the Bible because the Adamic covenant lays the foundation for every other covenant to follow, and we want to be able to see how this is brought about. So our first text that we want to look at is, it's actually a number of texts that we'll be looking at this evening. And these particular texts are found in the book of Genesis, in the book of the Bereshith. And that's the first chapter. And what we want to look at is verse number one, and then we'll proceed into other verses. It says here in Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, Elohim created Aleph Tav, the heavens, and Aleph Tav, the earth. Now, what we see here, uh, he created the heavens and earth. Now, we've already gone over the words for bara, which is to create, and also the, the word bereath, which means a covenant. So, what I want you to see here, uh, what we'll be talking about here basically this evening is what we call the comprehensive covenant, the comprehensive covenant. And in the comprehensive covenant, uh, we want to be able to see how Elohim had given his covenant. And as we look at this uh, comprehensive a covenant, we want to be able to see various facets of it. So uh, we look at the comprehensive covenant and one of the things that we're going to know, notice is that in the comprehensive covenant uh, there are what we call the covenant commands. The covenant commands. So we're going to look at it broadly, but we're going to look at some of the commands that were given in the covenant. See, when we have a covenant, as we pointed out, that within that covenant itself, they have some commands, some statutes, and some laws, judgments, and testimonies, all interwoven into that. So when we read, when it says, in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth, okay, it is saying much more in the Hebrew than English is portraying here. 
and you can you can spend uh, a massive amount of time just on that first verse. But what we want to see is that in the comprehensive covenant that covers the heavens and the earth, we want to be able to see within there the commands that that are there. So when we speak in terms of the covenant commands, we are talking about the commands of Yahuwah, which are found in his covenant. Prior to the Adamic covenant, Elohim had given some commands which were a part of his covenant, especially do we recognize these commands in the first week of creation. So let us take a look at them. When we observe the commands in the creation, we recognize them by the word let, the word let. There are a number of these let statements found in the creation account. However, not all uh, the Bibles use the word let in every instance whereby Elohim created something. So let us list the statements. And there may be some Bibles that have a different rendering of some of the let, the, let there be statements. And where we see a difference, we'll make a note of that. So our first task here, look at the let statements. We want to look at the let statements because the let statements are commands. And we want to look at these commands. Now here, the first let statement that we see is found in the book of Genesis, chapter 1 and verse 3. Now here it says, and Elohim said, let there be light, and there was light. Okay, so we want to look at this from this standpoint. In Genesis 1-3 of the scripture, we see the first let statement. He said, let there be, okay? That was actually a command. And then after he gives a command, we find the, actuali the actualizing of the command. In other words, he commanded, and then when he commanded, then things were brought into being as he so spoke it. So when we look at the first command, it says, let there be. Let there be what? Let there be light. Okay. That was one of the first things he gave, is light, and that was a command. Okay. And that command is found in his covenant. That was a covenant. Then when we look at verse 6, it says, and he said, let there be an expanse or let there be a firmament. And so when we see that, let there be, in verse 6, he said, let there be a firm firmament. Okay. So in making the firmament, which we'll be discussing more as we go down the line, he was actually making a covenant with the firmament that he had made. Then we go down to verse number six, and he says, And Elohim said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. So in other words, here in this particular uh, verse, it's pointing out, let, he said, let the water, let the, uh, let the earth, that is, the waters and the dry land be separated. 
So when we look at that, it says, let the waters under the heaven be gathered unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Okay, so we know he made the firmament and then he separated the waters from the earth. Mm, that was a command according to the covenant. And then we go down to verse 11 and it says, and Elohim said, let the earth bring forth grass, herb yielding seed. And some translation said, he said, let the earth bring forth vegetation. And we know it is a variety of the types of vegetation that he brought forth upon the earth. But that was still a let there be statement. There was a let there be statement to bring forth the vegetation upon the planet. And then when we get to verse 14, it says, and Elohim said, let there be lights in the firmament or in the expanse of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for season and for feasts and for days and years. So here we see he's commanding the, the uh, heavens. He's commanding those celestial bodies of lights to be in the firmament because he has a covenant with them. So he's saying, let the lights be in the firmament. And then we'll go down the same uh, chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 20 says, and Elohim said, let the waters bring forth abundantly moving creatures and uh, that has life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. So here we see here is that he was talking about the type of life he wanted in the waters and also the type of life he wanted to be able to fly in the midst of heaven and to fly uh, above the earth. And he said, let, that, let the earth bring these things forth. And then when we read uh, in the 26th verse of the first chapter of Genesis, we are told, he says, and Elohim said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Okay, so... Here we find here that he's making man. Now these are what we would call the covenant command, which are found in the in the comprehensive covenant. These commands are what we would also call the commandments. Okay, they were the commandments within the covenant. So the covenant had quite a comprehensive and a far-reaching effect. And in all of the covenants that he gave, he was also given his commands in those covenants. Okay. Now, let us look at this just briefly, which we call, uh, in this section, we call the covenant creatures. The covenant creatures. Okay. Now, when we look in the covenant creatures, now we know that when we look at the creation story, that all of the living creatures, they were made on the, on the uh, fifth day and also the sixth day. That's when all of the different uh, creatures, the fish, the fowl, 
the cattle, the creeping things, all of those, they were made on the fifth day and the sixth day. And the last thing that he made or the last person that he made or the last creature that he made on the sixth day was Adam. And then after that, he extracted a rib and he made uh, Eve, Chor. So when he made Eve, that was the last that he made. And when we look at that, we see that not only was the creation a covenant, but he also made a made man out of a covenant relationship as well. So when we read uh, in the Genesis account, he says, let us make man. And then in verse uh, 27, it says, it says, so Elohim created man in his own image, in the image of Elohim created he him. Male and female created he them. So in other words, it's given us the aspect that Elohim is creating beings in his own image, both the male and as well as the female. So when the, when, <clears throat> so in the creature covenant, Jehovah made all his creatures according to a covenant. Every creature he made it has a covenant to go with it. It was on the fifth and the sixth days of the creation week that Elohim made all kinds of species to occupy the waters, the air, and the land. And on the fifth day of creation, Elohim uh, said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that has life and fowl may fly above the earth. And on the sixth day, he said, let the earth bring forth living creature. After making all of these varieties and species, he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So when Elohim says, let there be, let the waters and the earth bring forth, let us make man in our image. All of these, let's us, all of these has to do with both his ability and his command and to covenant with his creatures as to what type of an environment they would be adapted to. And within the respective environment of each species, there was a covenant. You see, when he made a covenant with the fish, he made their environment water, and that was a covenant. That was where they belonged. And then when he made the, 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 the fowl, they were to fly above the earth, even though they multiplied in the earth, they flew above the earth. That was their environment. That was a covenant. The environment was a covenant. And they were in a covenant relationship. And then uh, when he made man, man was to dwell upon the earth. That was his environment. He came forth from the earth. Elohim had made a covenant with him. Okay, now, with that in mind, what we want to do is to, is to go to Genesis 2.16. Genesis 2.16, okay? 
Now here it says, it says here, well, actually we're going to read 16 and 17 of Genesis 2. It said, and Yahuwah Elohim commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof, ye shall surely die. Okay, so in these verses, everything Elohim created belongs to a covenant of some kind. Everything he created has a covenant. Prior to Adam coming into being, Elohim had already covenanted with those things he brought forth. Therefore, when he brought forth Adam, he was basically the last one he made a covenant with. And when he did make a covenant with him, he used the trees to do so. Now notice what he says in verse number 16. In verse 16, when he made the covenant with Adam, he says, and Jehovah Elohim commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. So you see, when he's making this covenant with man, he's, he's, he's letting him know that uh, he's using the trees in order to make a covenant. And this is what we would call a tree covenant. He made a tree covenant, okay? So when he says to Adam, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. So here we see Yehoah negotiating with Adam the stipulations of his covenant, considering the fact that Yehoah had already made a covenant with the particular trees when he made vegetation to grow on the third day of the week. He had already made a covenant with the trees. Okay. He made a covenant with the trees even prior to Adam's existence. Then once Yah introduced him to the trees of which he could and could not eat, the tree covenant was already in existence. You see? Adam was the last created being. He and Eve, they were the last created. He had already made covenant with everything else. So here we see that Yah has a covenant with the trees, and when he creates the man, he again makes a covenant with him. When Yah created man, he created him to be a covenant keeper. That's what he created him for. He was to be a covenant keeper. What he said to Adam, uh, as we read in, in, in the scriptures, when he was talking to Adam, he said uh, he was going to put him in the garden. And when he put him in the garden, he was to dress and he was to keep the garden. Okay. Even the work that he was doing was a work. Because that work that he was doing was cultivating and keeping the garden 
as Elohim had made it because Elohim had a covenant with that garden. And the very man he placed in there was a covenant keeper to be able to keep the covenant of the garden. And so when we look at Adam, Adam was basically the one that Elohim had created in order to keep the covenant. So the Bible tells us in the second chapter of Genesis, and Yahuwah Elohim took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to guard it. Okay. So what was he dressing in the garden? <laughs> was he dressing in garden and uh, guarding the Garden of Eden? Was he dressing and guarding and guarding the uh, land that Lord had given him? Yeah, well, certainly he was. But the basic thing that we want to see is that when y'all put him in there to dress and to keep the garden, he was dressing and keeping the, the covenant. That's what he was doing. He was keeping the covenant. You see? That's what he was doing. He wasn't just, just there. He was there to fulfill uh, uh, the, the covenant promise. So what we what we so what we see here is that when he came into existence, he came into existence to deal with the covenant. Now, when we look at the covenant, we can see comprehensively uh, what Elohim had done. He introduced him to the trees of which he could and could not eat of. The tree the tree covenant was already in existence. Here we see that Yehoah has a covenant with the trees, and when he creates the man, he again makes a covenant with him. So when Yehoah created man, he created him to be a covenant keeper, and everything of which Adam was to be engaged with must be related to the covenant. Therefore, when we can draw the conclusion that even though that even uh, Adam's nutrients was a covenant of food, you see, when he made the food on the fourth, on, on the third day of the week, that was covenant food. So a covenant man must only eat of the covenant food. Any food eaten outside of what the stipulations of the covenant would lead to the judgment of death. Okay. So what we want to explore in this Adamic covenant is what we call the covenant substance. The covenant substance. When we read concerning the first covenant given to man, it involved nourishment. Let us consider the influence of his nourishment and its significance to Jehovah's covenant. We will proceed first by looking at the covenant sustenance, and then we'll look at what we call the covenant significance. And then we'll close this section with the covenant similarities, but we'll see how far we can get this evening. Uh, we may not be able to get all of it. Now, the covenant sustenance. Now, when we examine the covenant, 
what we notice is that Elohim gave to Adam many covenant keepers. He gave he gave to Adam uh, the covenant uh, with the trees. And when God gave uh, Adam this covenant with the trees, many covenant keepers may overlook one of the most obvious components of it, which is the food part. See, a lot of time we talk about the covenant, we talk about the statutes and the laws and what he says don't do and don't do, but we very seldom really understand or put emphasis on the food part of the covenant. This part is about Adam's nourishment is part of the statutes within the covenant. When we observe the food part of the dietary part of the of the covenant, we notice that it involves what to and what and what not to eat. It was on the point of appetite that Yahuwah initiated his covenant to Adam. In explaining to Adam the covenant, he pointed out the trees, which was for his food. And in making that first covenant with Adam about the food, he was he was he was highlighting the fact that appetite would play a great part in his life. It was on the point of appetite that Yahuwah issued uh, initiated his covenant to Adam. He pointed out to Adam the amount of trees in the garden he could partake of and the one he was forbidden to partake of. So when we see that the trees which Yahuwah permitted Adam to partake of were to be a part of the covenant, we must understand that the physical nourishment would be the basis upon which the covenant would be established. And to overlook the covenant sustenance would be to overlook the very foundation upon which the covenant was made. Adam's food was under a covenant. And so was Adam under the covenant. So his covenant food and he, he himself being a part of the covenant, they must come together. And at no time should he eat anything beyond the covenant. And we'll discover that when he ate something that was not a part of the covenant eating, this is where the plan of salvation had to come into existence. Okay, we're going to stop there, and as we stop there, what we're going to do is to entertain some questions of observation. So what we've basically been trying to do is just to look at the comprehensive covenant, because many look at the, conf the covenants that he made with man, but he made a covenant with his entire creation, and man was, were, was to come into his cre creation and to keep the covenants that he had made. Because today, what we see is that a lot of the foundational covenants that he endorsed in Eden are being broken today. And this is why man has such a sad plight 
in his living conditions because he's constantly breaking the covenant. Man was created to be a covenant keeper. So we open it up at this time. But you know, it's, it's interesting how you said, uh, we are made to be covenant keepers and how sustenance and diet plays into that. You know, I guess, you know, we look at today with everything that's going on with this virus and everything else. And it just makes me wonder if we kept the covenant and according to kept the covenant, according to, should I say, I guess, dietary laws. Uh huh. Will we be in this situation we are in now? Where people are running for some so-called vaccine when when you really look into the covenant, it would tell you, I believe, what you would need to eat or partake in your body to fight whatever is there. Yeah, that's true. But let me let me let me let me answer that in uh two ways. Number one, okay. Number one is that when he gave Adam the covenant, as I pointed out, he started with food. He started with food. And the food that was in the earth was the same food that would nourish Adam and also the animals. Mm. So when we deal with uh, the covenant, Elohim had put everything in the herbs of what the human body needed. The plants come out of the soil. But Adam, he was also made from the soil. And the very soil that he was made out, out of is the very soil that the plants were in, taking out all of the nutrients from the earth to put in the plant. And when Adam ate the plant, he had all of the nutrients that he needed. He had everything he needed. Every ailment and every disease or malady that we have, we can find a remedy in the herbs that he gave. Because when you read through the Bible, the Bible says in the book of Ezekiel and also in the book of uh, Revelation, he, it says the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nation. Mm. So it, it, it's all there. And, and, and the interesting thing about it is, is that the herbs do not have a side effect when you take them. Many of the uh, pharmaceutical companies that give us drugs, that when we eat the food or take the medicine or the drugs that they give us, it has a side effect. But Elohim, when you take his food, it can not only heal you, but it doesn't have a side effect. Now, the second thing I want, want, want to point out is this. And you must pay, pay attention to this. See, the first thing is that all of our nutrients and healing is, is right in the plants. That's the first thing. But the second thing is this, that when we deal with man's medicine, man has gone to school and he has a curriculum. And if you look at the curriculum of man-made medicine, you will find very few if if they have it at all, that they deal with diet. They don't deal with diet. 
most medical schools do not deal with diet. True. Now, there, there may be in some curriculums that they, they are beginning to add dietary approach to their medicine, but for the most part, they study drugs. Okay, so you have to ask yourself that if Elohim has made the body for the plants and then man has come along with the pharmaceutical companies and the doctors dealing with drugs, do we actually think that we will be made well by man's medicines or by Elohim's medicine? He made us. Even when you buy a car from the automobile industry, they tell you what type of gas to put in there. If they say premium, you can't put regular. If they say regular, you can't put diesel in there. If they say diesel, you can't put regular because they know what's to go into that car. Mm -hmm. Elohim know what's to go into the body. So if we expecting to get well from man's medicine and he has not studied the Torah, nor dietary practices in his curriculum, he can only give you what man has given you. And that's the same thing that happened with Adam and Eve. When they ate of the forbidding, they led to a death. And so when we look at man-made medicine, he designs it in such a way that it will perhaps be able to deal with your malady but then when it does that, it has a side effect. And the side effect is that it tries to cure one disease, but a side effect is when it moves it into another area, and when he moves it into a, a, the ailment that one has in another area, they have to take another uh, a drug to deal with that. And then when they take that one, it produces another side effect. Then they have to take another drug. And pretty soon, people who are on drugs they end up maybe taking 15 or 20 drugs. This is why so many prescriptions are being uh, uh, messed up and people are dying from medications because they forget the order in which they take it because that's man's medicine. It's complicated, and at the same time, it was not designed for the human body. The human body is not designed to take drugs. It is designed to take plants. It's a plant-based diet. This is why we see so many people now, they are studying diet, and they're getting on a plant-based diet. So my point being is this. If man has not studied the covenant, he doesn't know the covenant, and therefore he's giving you stuff that is contrary to your body. You know, th that's interesting because I remember years ago when I had a biology class in college, and my teacher was talking about pharmaceutical uh, drugs, and specifically I think he was talking about aspirin. And he was saying that, Aspirin is nothing but a poison. He said, the thing is, is that it cuts off, um, I think, the nerve. Like when you have a pain and you take an aspirin or Tylenol or whatever, mm. what it does, it just blocks the pain signal. The pain is still there. It just blocks the signal. Mm. But as it's blocking the signal, it can affect other areas of your body. You know, so it's, mm. it really shows, like you said, our bodies was never intended to take those things and all to heal us because those things don't heal and all mm. they just deal with the symptom, but generally the symptoms are still there. Mm. And one other thing I, I observed too, is that 
it sounds like, and I'm almost pretty sure this Adam and Eve were vegans because in the beginning, he never said anything about them eating any type of flesh. He uh-huh. said he left them, what, in uh, Genesis 1, every herb bearing seed uh-huh. and, uh, and every true, uh, sorry, fruit, tree yielding seed shall be for your food. Uh-huh. So he never in, intended for us to even eat flesh because he probably knew the effects it was going to have on our bodies. Mm-hmm, definitely, yeah, yeah. You know, since he, since he want, since he, he's the one that made us. When we read his word, mm-hmm. his word is our manual, and if we go by the manual, then we only put into these bodies the covenant food that he he has created. He knows what to go into the bodies. Man doesn't, and if man doesn't study it, man gonna do his own thing and. He's going to take what Elohim has given mm-hmm. and make drugs out of it. He's going to alter the very plants that Elohim has given us. And, you know, we, mm-hmm. we, we're seeing that today because, you know, not, all, not only are they altering the plants and the medicines, they also are trying to alter DNA now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. know, they're, now you're starting to play with something Elohim had created and trying mm-hmm. to manipulate it for your own, uh, whatever they're trying to do with that evil purposes, mm-hmm. pretty much. Right. Yeah, because uh, what they're looking at is that man is trying to alter the diet and alter medicine in such a way so he can control the population. And that's one of the things uh, Satan is, is trying to do. But when you read in the in, in the uh, in the in the Torah, uh, the Torah tell us he says that he made man in his image, mm-hmm. and then in Genesis one uh, twenty eight it says, uh, and Elohim blessed them, and Elohim said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Now, when you look at that scripture, you say to yourself, uh, he gave Adam dominion over all of the fish, even the birds, and every creature that walked upon the earth. But nowhere in that particular passage in Genesis 1.28, nowhere does he say that man should have dominion over another man. And you see, when you got a faulty diet, mm. what do you want to do? You want to dominate men. This is why Nimrod, wow. when he uh, building those towers, going against Elohim's will, no doubt, back in those days, many of those people had started eating flesh. Mm-hmm. It contaminated them. And if you got contaminated food, you're going to have contaminated thoughts. <laughs> and if you got contaminated thoughts, you're going to have contaminated words. And when you got contaminated words, you're going to have contaminated behavior. You, you are seeking to do things that Elohim told you never to do. And so when they get all of these vaccines and all of this stuff and trying to control man, they are doing something that Elohim never told us to do, a man to rule over man. No, that's slavery. Elohim never intended for one human being to rule over another, 
But when they get all of this stuff the way they want it, their whole purpose is to dominate and to rule man and to control him. Only Elohim should do that. Our first homage to, should be to him. But they are trying to do with us only what Elohim should do. And one of the ways they're doing it is through their food, through the contaminated vaccines and all of this stuff that they are trying to give us. That is so true. That is true. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. And Pastor, can you uh, give us a word of prayer? Okay, then. I love and Father, again, we thank you that we can be able to voice your word and to be able to see the comprehensive covenant that everything that you created is it, a covenant with you. Even the Sabbath that we keep, it's a, it's a covenant. Even time that we have, it's a covenant. Everything that surrounds us is a covenant. And we are covenant keepers. This would mean that we go by the commands, O Heavenly Father, that you have given within the covenant, that we can be covenant keepers. Adam was a covenant keeper. And you intended for his offspring to be covenant keepers. And so we would ask, O oh, Father, that as we continue to read and to study about your covenant, we can discover some of the things in the covenant, O oh, Heavenly Father, that you have provided for us, that you can give us power to be able to do the things that you would have us to do. And we realize, Lord, that we have sinned, but the covenant has provision for that. And as we go to the provisions of the covenant for that, we find that you have given us the blood of Yeshua, the Messiah, which is his life. And as we accept his life, he takes our old life and give us strength and power to be able to follow the commands and to be able to keep your covenant as you have given it. Help us to realize that in this world, we are covenant keepers. And once we got out of this world into the world to come, we'll still be covenant keepers throughout eternity. Because the only way that the universe can be held intact is by the covenants being kept. Whenever a covenant is broken, then the whole universe is broken. So you're seeking to bring the universe back into harmony, peace, and love. So bless us, bless each listener, that as we can, that as we seek to be in compliance with your covenant, that you will bestow upon us the strength and ability to do so. That when Yeshua the Messiah does come, that we can be able to know of a certainty, that we can be among the number that can be saved eternally and to be able to pursue your eternal comprehensive covenant throughout eternity. These blessings we ask in the name of Yeshua, the Messiah. And for his dear sake, we do pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Well, that is our podcast again for this week. We want to encourage you to return to keeping the covenant which Yahuwah has cut with us. Also, we hope you follow us weekly. Feel free to email us at scienceofthecovenant at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or would you like even like prayer. But the mercy of Yahuwah is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children to such as guard his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. Until next week, Shalom.